context, honesty, and crazy love. This past week, our second graders had the chance to learn more about the stories that we hear in our scriptures, although not this one. That's for our Sunday school teachers and Joanne this weekend to cover. But as, as they got their very own Good News Bibles, we talked a little bit about how this Bible, how all of these stories came to be over thousands of years into the form that we now have known as the Bible. And as we talked about, the Old Testament, or the Hebrew Scriptures, as they're sometimes called, didn't even originally have the vowels written down on the, the manuscripts at that time. And so you had to figure out what a word was by reading the context around it, by looking at everything that came before it and everything that followed it in order to know what the word was and what its meaning was. It's what we call the context. And trying to understand the context when we are reading the Bible is especially, especially crucial. But honestly, knowing the context is also really valuable in our everyday lives, in our conversations and our interactions with people. It's important for us to figure out where are people coming from? What's behind what they're telling me? What is it that's important for me to know about why they feel the way that they do, especially when they feel so strongly about something? What would be good for me to make sure that I listen to? So let's take a look at the context for our parable that Jesus tells us today. As you may have noticed already, Jesus is on a vineyard motif. This is the third week in the row, row that Jesus uses the image of a vineyard to help us think more deeply about the life and the world that we are a part of and our relationship with God. And Jesus also seems to connect to the prophet Isaiah and what Ryan read for us in the first lesson, where Isaiah talks about the, the vineyard as sort of an image for the people of God and God as that vineyard grower who does everything that God can do to take really, really good care of this vineyard, to give the vineyard everything that it needs to produce a really sweet harvest. But along the way, these grapes turn out to be wild, not quite as sweet as what the vine grower was expecting. So Jesus tells this parable with the parable from Isaiah in mind. Now you have to also remember when Jesus tells us this parable. It's very late in Matthew's Gospel. We're in chapter 21 here, and at the very beginning of chapter 21, Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a donkey. You know what that means, people. Cue ominous music here. This is the last week of Jesus' life. It's not going to be long before Jesus finds himself on the cross. 
We know how the rest of the story goes. Jesus' time is running out, and when he arrives in Jerusalem, he goes to the temple, the very first thing, to go and, of course, pray and to um, spend time with God, right? And then what does he find in the temple? He finds these money changers who are taking advantage of all of the people, the pilgrims who are coming to God's holy temple to celebrate the festival of Passover, as is their yearly tradition and custom, and are coming to offer sacrifices to God, but have to exchange their Roman coins for that of temple coins that have no image on them. And they are getting ripped off in the process. And Jesus goes crazy. He is so angry that God's house is being used in this way. And then, if that's not enough, Jesus has to deal with the questions from the religious leaders. Not once, not twice, but three times where they ask him, by what authority have you been given Have you been allowed to do the things that you have been doing? By what authority are you able to teach the things that you have been teaching about God? That's the context for the parable that Jesus tells. It's a parable directed at those religious leaders who are not able to see what it is that Jesus has been doing, and they're not able to hear through Jesus' words who he is. That's the context, which also gets us now to honesty. How many of you would want others to be honest with you, especially if it means telling you something that you don't really want to hear? Only you can answer that question for yourself. But for me, I know there's a part of me that wants to raise my hand to say, of course I want people to be honest with me. But then there's the other part of me that says, well, within reason. Because the other part of me quickly recognizes that there are some things that I'm not so sure I want to hear. I'm not so sure I want to see about myself. There are things that I'd like to pretend aren't there, or that will just kind of go away on their own in time. Things I'd like to tell myself are good enough, even when I know they could be a little better. You probably have heard the saying before that the enemy of good is better. And I used to think that there was a lot of truth in that saying, Because I saw what so frequently happens when people are striving for better. Better never quite comes. And so you keep on striving and striving and striving, and then eventually you realize you're ending up trying to be perfect. And none of us are able to achieve perfection. And so then what happens is... We begin to see ourselves as a failure, as not good enough, as someone who is not worthy, with little to share, with little to offer, unable to see ourselves in the image that God made us to be. 
As I have thought about that saying over the years, I've come to realize that I think what the enemy of good is isn't better. It's actually complacency. It's when we forget our place in this world, our place in the vineyard. It's when we forget that we aren't the owners, we're the workers. And our role is to constantly be working on tending to and bearing fruit that is sweet in our world. Which is what I think is at the heart of Jesus' parable to the religious leaders and maybe to those of us who fall into the trap of being complacent in life, who sometimes fall into the trap of being content to keep things as they are, who become defensive of how things have always been done, or who fall into the trap of turning our attention more toward ourselves than to the people around us too. How many of us want others to be honest with us? And how many of us are ready for Jesus to be honest with us? The thing about honesty, though, is that there are really two types. There's two types of people who share honesty. And there's the first type that we all know and we all deal with. The people who pride themselves on being honest, and they're the ones who have no regard for the people around them. They tend to blurt out anything that's on their minds, whether they have credibility in the area or not. But then there are the people who take the time to pull you aside, to sit down with you in private, because they care about you. And what they do is they end up holding up the mirror in front of you because they want you to see what they see. They want you to see something that they see is possible within you. Another way of living, another perspective to view life from another way of growing into something sweet and even full-bodied. In some of the parables that Jesus tells us, he holds up the mirror to the heavens so that we can get a better glimpse of who God is and God's love for us. But in some of the parables, like the one that we just heard, Jesus holds up the mirror for not only the religious leaders, but for all of us too. Especially when we fall into the trap of being a little complacent or, or focused on ourselves or when we think that we're the ones who make it all possible in our lives. When we forget that we're really just the workers in God's vineyard and that it's from God that everything that we need comes. One last thing, crazy love. 
In our gospel, it seems crazy to us that after everything that had taken place, this vineyard grower would actually dare to send their own son. But in an honor and shame society, it would have been unthinkable that anyone would not have shown respect for the son. But we all know what will soon come to be for Jesus after telling this parable. He is the son sent to the vineyard and he will be killed, thereby becoming the chief cornerstone that the builders rejected to switch to a new metaphor. That's the context for the parable that Jesus tells us. But also notice that the punishment that the tenants deserve actually comes from the very mouths of the religious leaders, not from the lips of Jesus. Jesus remains simply holding the mirror in front of them, loving them so much that even to the very end, Jesus speaks honestly and truthfully because he knows what will soon be possible for them and for all of us. Life. Life eternal. That's crazy. That's love. This week, may you take a little time to look around you, look at the vineyard that you are a part of, May you take a little time to look at the gifts that God has given to you. No matter how great or how small you think they are, may you find ways to share them, to use them, and to keep on working to make this harvest in God's vineyard as sweet as it can be. Thankful for all that Jesus makes possible for us all. Amen.